the Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K, presented by Tap 14. Analysis and commentary to help you get your Broncos fixed during the offseason. Subscribe on iTunes or Google Play, or listen on demand anytime in the Mile High Sports mobile app. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter as the Denver Broncos once again lose on Sunday as they fall to now 3-6 and six as uh, they take the loss. Houston gets the win 19-17, a low-scoring affair that saw Brandon McManus miss the final kick of the game which would have won them the game uh, from 51 yards out but certainly we'll talk about the entirety of the game the players post game and some of their comments Vance Joseph as well too and what is his status with this team moving forward but first our friends at tap 14 1920 Blake Street just a hop skip and a jump away from Coors Field 70 Colorado beers on tap 100 Colorado distilled spirits chef Andrea Varela and that locally sourced rotating seasonally fair is just tremendous be sure to check it out at tap 14 on the web Spell out the word 14 for me, tap14.com. Oh, boy. Where do we start, guys? Where do we start? Um, well, let's start at the top with uh, Vance Joseph because I think that's the number one asked question right now is should Vance Joseph retain his job after this loss? They are now 3-6. and six on the season and of course the bye week is this week so if you did want to make a change the time is now now I'll start by saying this the players are still playing hard they are very much still playing hard uh they're playing for their own jobs obviously and uh pride and and but I I do believe I do believe I get a gut sense feeling very much by being inside that locker room post game that they know the season's over. There is no shot at a playoff situation. I mean, uh, not mathematically they're eliminated, but this is a Denver team that is very much out of it. Uh, They are playing for pride, and quite frankly, they're playing for draft position at this point too, uh, if you want to look at it that way as well too. Now, I have no no, uh, uh, sources on this. It's just gut feeling, but I will say this. I, I don't think Denver is looking to move on from Vance Joseph immediately in the short term because of the fact that, well, A, you don't have an interim guy. You don't have a guy who would come in and be able to easily kind of slip into that role as as a potential head coach for the last seven games of the season. And I want to emphasize that seven because that is nearly half a season. I don't. Everybody wants to throw around the name Gary Kubiak. I don't think that's the type of length that you want to see a guy like him coaching in for multiple reasons. His health, um, you know, obviously being retired and, and just wants to kind of step back and be that consultant guy. If it was something more around the realm of maybe a game or two where the team is basically on uh, cruise control, maybe but not a seven-game stretch. So I think you really, if you are the Denver Broncos, uh, or at least if you're a fan of the Denver Broncos, you need to prepare yourself. You need to prepare yourself for a potential, well, three, four, five, if not more games with Vance Joseph at the helm because I think this is a Denver team that unless, now I I will preference it with this, unless the team starts to get throttled, absolutely blown out by 20, 30 points a game where they're beginning to get thoroughly impressed on the field, 
I feel the Broncos are just going to ride out this storm, per se, or ride out the majority of the season with Vance Joseph at head coach, and then obviously you make a decision. I very much believe that a decision has, has been made. Uh, I don't think Vance Joseph will be retained for next year. I think that decision is very much in the bank, and um, you know it, it is more of a timing thing. At this point, and this is not the first time we've talked about this on the Broncos Blitz podcast, but certainly uh, I think it is becoming more concrete and cement with every loss. And of course, the Broncos do lose 19 to 17. Now, this is a Denver team that actually played fairly well on the defensive side of things. Now, if you look just at the box score, you may say, well, Deshaun Watson had a pretty darn good day through two touchdown passes, 200 yards, had a QB rating of 125. But I tell you what, he was harassed all day long. Bradley Chubb, Von Miller, and some of those pass rushers really getting at him. And quite frankly, Houston on the ground really just wasn't effective. They really didn't run the ball enough, I think, with particularly Lamar Miller to really kind of get him going. But to Denver's credit they did bottle up Houston Houston finishes with 33 carries for 98 yards it's good enough for a 3.0 yards rushing average now Denver also on the ground as well not very effective 17 carries for 60 yards for Phil Lindsay did seem like they were trying to at least feed Lindsay the ball and then they had to get away from it because they were uh, they were down uh, Case Keenum actually had an effective game throwing the football. 26 for 42, 290 yards, almost throws for 300. His first game without a turnover. Finally, Denver was looking for it, and they get it. He finishes with a 90.4 quarterback rating. Now, the star, at least on Denver's offensive side of things, I tell you what, Jeff Hireman, 10 catches for 83 yards and, of course, a touchdown. That is uh, on 11 targets, by the way. 11 targets. 10 catches. That is career highs in targets, career highs in receptions, career highs in yards, and if you want to, he's never had a two-touchdown game, so you could say it ties a career high in touchdowns in a game as well, too. I will say this, the the, uh, beneficiary of the Demarius Thomas trade. I think many thought, well, it's going to be Cortland Sutton who's just going to soak up all those targets. And I tell you what, it was more around the realm of Case Keenum leaning on those tight ends. And Matt Lacoste got involved as well, too. Had that 44-yard catch uh, in his opportune. So Denver certainly now getting the tight ends involved a ton. On in this football game and, and in opportune times as well too. Jeff Hireman converting a couple first downs that were just huge for the Denver Broncos uh, in that football game. Cortland Sutton, by the way, does finish us with three catches for 57 yards and on the Houston side, a quiet day for Demarius Thomas outside of the first drive. He had two snags in that first drive and then from there kind of really disappeared. It was three catches, 61 yards as Demarius Thomas, I guess you could say returned to Mile High Stadium to play the Denver Broncos against the Denver Broncos. It was kind of a weird feeling, but of course, Demarius Thomas beloved. They gave him a, uh, 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 at the uh, after the national anthem, gave him essentially a, a time to um, uh, be embraced by the fans. They uh, played a highlight reel from the moment he was drafted to his final days in Denver, and it was very, very cool to see, and I applaud the Broncos for celebrating that as uh, a guy in Demarius Thomas finishing uh, in well, really the top three in just about every single receiving statistical category that you want a receiver 
to be in. Denver did have one big turnover. It was Devontae Booker's fumble that was actually in their own territory, and uh, that led to a Houston touchdown. So that was a big, big deal as well, too. Want to get to the defense because, again, we'll kind of go all the way through this, and then we'll get your opinions and your reactions on the Twitter feed at Ronnie K Radio. That's at Ronnie K Radio. Uh, Bradley Chubb, I tell you what, of all the positive things, and there aren't many, so I should say it this way, of the positive thing, to come out of this game. Bradley Chubb is just looking more and more and more like not only just a player, a problem for offensive coordinators. He is becoming a serious problem. We are approaching. We are approaching Bradley Chubb. You got a game plan for him type mode, type status. I mean, this kid is just disrupting offenses from sacking the quarterback he got one of those today three tackles for a loss constantly in the backfield he plays the run very well for such a young player I mean this kid is very knowledge he is very very astute in his uh picking apart some of the plays and what he is seeing spoke with him in the locker room post game, and he very much has a good grasp on this defensive thing because man, he is just emerging as one of those very, very good quarterback pass rushers that uh, well the NFL has. Again, this is not just on Denver, and Denver's got a ton of good pass rushers. This is a guy who is emerging as a premier pass rusher in the NFL. Derek Wolf also getting a sack. He was very effective. Saw him. In the uh, in the backfield quite a bit, so Derek Wolf with a quality game for the Denver Broncos. Von Miller also collecting a sack, and again, it, it doesn't show up too much on the box score or the stat sheet. But I tell you what, Von Miller just making Deshaun Watson's life very um, chaotic, making him run around. In fact, the sack that Demarcus Walker picked up in the game could very much be credited to Von Miller, as Von Miller is kind of the one who bumped. Watson off his spot got him to run into the offensive lineman and then of course Deshaun Walker or uh, excuse me uh, uh, Demarcus Walker cleans up the sack on Deshaun Watson so the Broncos defense they played well they quite frankly the fact of the matter is that they only allowed a Houston team which on offense can be somewhat explosive of course with that DeAndre Hopkins now Demarius Thomas Lamar Miller combo and of course the trigger man Deshaun Watson only 19 points I mean in the new age NFL you look at that and you say you you kind of should have won that game and of course Denver was in position to win but Brandon McManus misses that 51 yarder now I will say this inside the locker room talking to multiple players talking about Brandon McManus and look I spoke with Brandon McManus this is a guy who was very upfront. he was not shy about it it's a guy who stood up and said yeah uh, I, 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 he, he, he multiple times noted that he wished he would have gave himself a chance because oh, look, those two misses to the right, they were not great. And, uh, he did not, as he put again, gave himself a chance. He tried to stick to the routine. It just didn't work. I'm going to give him a pass on the 62 yarder because quite frankly, you shouldn't count on kickers making those 62 yarders. I think the 52 yarder, you know, if you're Brandon McManus here in Denver, you got plenty of leg for that. You got to make those kicks, but this game wasn't on Brandon McManus. This game was not on Brandon McManus. Okay. This game was on the coaching staff and I'm sorry to beat a dead horse, but this is getting ridiculous 
week after week after week where it's just mind-boggling to see how bad to where they could make so many mistakes, so many of the same mistakes. If you are a, uh, you're working for a plumber, okay, and and you're working for a plumbing company, and and you don't install plumbing pipes correctly, and they're starting to leak after you finish with the client. Okay, you make one mistake, it is what it is, but then the next week, if you go into another client, you change their piping and their plumbing, and it is once again leaking again because you made another mistake that was the same mistake as week one. You don't get a second chance as a plumber, or I shouldn't say you don't get a a third opportunity. You're fired. And for a Denver coaching staff that over and over and over again makes the same kind of very, very questionable decisions, the challenge early in the game did not make sense. That was a clear catch, by, I believe, by De- uh, DeAndre Hopkins. The end of the second, the end of the first half, it was just. It made no sense to one kick the field goal, period. That was a six-point swing. A six-point swing. Look, I know it's only 18 seconds you're leaving the Houston Texans with, but as Vance Joseph said himself post-game, it was greedy. It was very greedy. And I get Brandon McManus has that 62-yard leg, but once you get into the high 50s, once you really get over 50, period, and I've spoken with plenty of kickers about this, it really kind of starts to affect you mentally because if you are a guy who has that kind of range, you now have to think about really booting that thing real far when you're getting into the 60s, and then you're taking your focus away from accuracy and you're discombobulating everything. You can't expect a kicker to make it from 62. Then, of course, it sets Houston up with a good opportunity. They convert, uh, I believe it was two passes, and uh, they get a field goal out of it, and again, six-point swing. Six-point swing right there. If Denver punts the football, if Denver punts the football in that situation, you never know how that game plays out. It was not smart at all. There is no excuse, no excuse at all to kick that field goal, and yet they still did it's just, it makes no sense. Uh, the second half, final two minutes, was very questionable as well. Uh, look, this is a Denver team that got real conservative on that final drive. This was a a, a, a drive that almost looked like they got into field goal position and just mailed it in. And they said, look, we're going to rely on Brandon McManus to hit a 50-yarder. Why not take one or two more opportunities to try to get another 5, 10 yards? Quick little out-of-bounds route. Why wouldn't you try to do that instead? Uh, I I believe it was uh, just a short little dump off, and then they just kind of, there was no sense of urgency after they got down there. I believe it was the long pass to the tight end, and then, well, they just decided we're going to kick the field goal. And look, that's fine. Because I think you kind of you think that he's going to make that, you know, Brandon McManus, a very reliable kicker, uh, but you can't blame him if he, if he doesn't either. So it, it, look, you know, we talk about this week after week, 
I don't I don't want to fatigue you too much on this because we've we've said this over and over again. Vance Joseph just he just doesn't look like head coaching is is his thing. Yeah, he looks like a guy who is in over his head. Uh, a, a guy who is, I, I really don't know how many supporters he has at this point. I mean, even the most optimistic, and I'm going to turn to our first tweet of the uh, night here on the podcast. Again, you can tweet me at Ronnie K Radio. Even his most optimistic individuals who follow this team are starting to say, it's time to make a change. One of my followers on Twitter, and of course you can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K, radio on Twitter. Saroth Chang says, I've been a Vance supporter until now. I've always shook my head at some of his play calling and time management, but I've always made excuses. I can't today. I've run out of excuses. He needs to go. I hate seeing someone lose a job, but he's failing at it. Look, I don't want to talk about a guy losing his job as much as the other person. I think there's this misconception around us in the media, you know, uh, wanting to talk about a guy losing his job or uh, that that we, in, we embrace and we enjoy guys getting fired. That is, I'm not going to speak for anybody else, but that is not the case for me. I don't enjoy talking about this. Okay, a guy is going to lose his job, but... I am paid, this is my job, and I have to do my job well. My job is to give you the honest truth and my opinion through my eyeballs because I cover this team down at practices at Dove Valley and then, of course, at the game's postgame and to tell you what I see and to tell you my honest thoughts and opinions on this team. So, I want to make that very clear because I don't like talking about this. But the fact of the matter is that it is time to go now. Is that the right decision, though? Because here's the thing. Uh, This is the Denver season. It's over. The season is over. Uh, Denver is not going to make the playoffs. And quite frankly, and I know this is difficult to say, but Denver would benefit from losses. They need to lose more if they want to think about the overall scope of things. Now, you're never going to think an athlete, first of all, is never going to tank. That is not an athlete's thinking, okay? And nor should you ask an athlete to do that. It's unfair. But this is a Denver team that would benefit from those losses. So let's just get that that straight for at least right now. Now this is a Denver team that certainly is still playing hard under Vance Joseph. And and that should be to his credit. This is not a team that has completely mailed it in and they're not being blown out by 20, 30 points. And that's why I think it's really key to look at that because this is a team that uh, is still playing for their coaches and themselves. And I, I suppose if you want to put a little positive spin on that, you can. But look, in the end, this is just a coach that is in over his head. This is a coach that is not going to make it uh, past the offseason this year. I, I, I am in firm belief they will move on from him. It is more so a timing situation at this point because, again, you don't know if you have an interim that could take over and be competent. Uh, this interim or this interim, uh, not the intern. We don't want the intern to take over the team. Although, quite frankly, the intern may be better than Vance anyways. Uh, the interim, you know, is is it's tough because I think you got rid of some of those potential interims, maybe an Eric Studisville who's done that before. Uh, but, but again, no change you make is going to make this team better. The playoffs are out the window. 
So let's get that straight. So I, I think if you're a Broncos fan, you need to buckle up for potentially another five, six games for Vance Joseph. I think, you know, a, a name that has been thrown around a lot is Gary Kubiak. I think a Gary Kubiak would be a solid cruise control guy for a game or two. For a game or two, not for a seven-game stretch. Absolutely not. This is a guy whose health is a big deal. And and this one is a guy who walked away from coaching because of his health. At least that was the majority of it. So I, I don't think it's fair to say Gary Kubiak can just coach the last seven games and uh, do it as a favor or, or take one for the team, Gary. Uh, no, that's just not the case here. Uh, this is a Denver Broncos team that is probably, and again, and if you're going to move on from Vance Joseph, it should happen immediately. But if I was to take a guess, I have no sources on this, just a gut feeling. I think you're going to see Vance Joseph, the head coach, at least for a while here in Denver uh, for the next couple weeks. Uh, your responses on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio is where you can tweet me. Uh, did get an interesting tweet, and I saw this from Nick, uh, I believe it's Mahan. Uh, Nick also uh, was was essentially retweeted tagging me by another Nick. The time uh, space continuum is uh, opening up here. Nick is retweeting Nick, who showed it to me. Bracken three hundred three. It's a clip that was illustrated on TV, and it's of Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien is the head coach of the Houston Texans, and it appears, at least, that Bill is walking off after. The halftime whistle, this is in the first half, and it appears that Bill O'Brien is essentially saying, thank you, Vance Joseph, you bleepity bleep. Okay? Um, I'm not a lip reader, so I'm not sure if that's exactly what he said, but it sure darn looks like it. And uh, Nick's Nick's comment actually on the tweet is very much with that uh, description in mind. So, look... In the end, this is a, a, a head coaching hire that was a mistake. It is, like I mentioned, do believe it's over. I don't think there is anything that Vance Joseph could do to change anybody's mind. Uh, they are just simply going through the motions. This is a timing thing. Uh, Advent underscore Nebula says this coaching staff is wasting player potential. Do agree with that. That's actually one of the more sadder parts really about this whole thing is the fact that you have such young talent who is just flourishing in front of our eyes. Phillip, Lindsey, Cortland Sutton, Bradley Chubb, that 2018 draft class is just tremendous. Josie Jewell playing downs. Isaac Yadam as well too. Kind of coming around as a corner. Didn't get beat today. So I tell you what, this is a team with a ton of young talent don't want to waste it moving forward. Uh, on Twitter, uh, Heather. Heather says, coaching staff disappointed, hands down. Yeah, look, there's there's no sugarcoating it. This is a team that is weak at the top. They're very weak at the top. This is, uh, unfortunately, a trickle-down effect when it comes to the Denver Broncos and some of their struggles because... You know, if, if you struggle at the top, that's like struggling at the root of a tree. And if the root of the tree isn't growing, the rest of the tree will not grow as well, too. 
On Twitter, Ryan Nosinger says, uh, Raiders fan here. Overall, pretty satisfied with the results. I'd play a uh, sound effect or some sort of drop that passed the time to uh, just uh, ignore that, Ryan. But hey, you know, Ryan, we appreciate your response. Raider fan or Charger Chief fan, uh, enjoy it because Denver's basically in the swell cellar for quite a Well, no, not so much. They'll, they'll be in front of the Raiders. Uh, <laughs> Derek, Derek Sminas says uh, Broncos are stuck in average land. Not good, not bad. I tell you what, Derek, I'm sorry to break the news to you, bud, but they are not, they're not bad. Uh, they're dreadful. They're dreadful. Uh, and they're certainly not good. Uh, this is a Denver team that is struggling on all phases overall uh, while they played a couple good phases this game, you know, and it wasn't great against Kansas City. And, uh, you know, I will say this. I think it was Adam Gotsis that told Mile High Sports this week. I believe it was Adam Gotsis, and I apologize if that's correct. So I, I uh, maybe I shouldn't associate a name until I'm, I'm positive, but I believe it was, it was, it was Adam Gotsis, uh, who essentially said, you know, it's unfortunate because, and I'm paraphrasing, he said, we just haven't been able to fire on all cylinders as a team. So he said, you know, when the offense is good, the defense is bad. And when the defense is bad, the offense is good. And when the offense and the defense are good, the special teams is bad. And, uh, you know, it's it's kind of this, this unfortunate jumble that continually rears its ugly head. And I think I agree with that. Big, I agree that with that almost wholeheartedly because of the fact that today, special teams is not good. Yeah, it's a, a poor punts. From Colby Watman, who I just can continually wonder why Watman's on this team. I mean, this is a this is a area, this is a certain certain team in all of sports where certain positions just you should not struggle at. And I think Punter's one of them. And altitude is a big reason. I mean, I I just I I feel like if a punter is not averaging 45 47 yards per punt and look I know that's a high number um but not really to be truly honest in the NFL if they're not averaging that here in Denver I think you have a major major punter problem and Watman's not at that number and, and it's really disappointing because uh you know there are other plenty of quality punters looking at you Shane Tribuca that potentially could just be better overall than what the Denver Broncos have right now. Uh, 907 username says, Fire Vance Joseph. Derek says, Well, we played the best two teams competitively. Glass is half full for me, LOL. You know what? If you want to keep the optimism, go for it. I applaud you. I hope you keep the optimism. It's tough to, because there's really no optimism to be had. Look, it's just really bad. It's just really bad. Uh, so, uh, you know, that that's uh, essentially our recap of this Texans game. Look, this is uh, an ongoing situation with Vance Joseph that we'll continue to monitor week to week. But again, I just, I, 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 I will say this. I would be more surprised than not if they do end up moving on from him tomorrow. Uh, if we wake up tomorrow morning and the news is what it is, 
I will gladly come on and say, yeah, my gut was wrong and, and we're moving on, but I just, I just don't think that's the case. I think this is a team that is ready to wait out the storm with Vance Joseph, whether you like it or not. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll reconvene when there's two, three games left as opposed to six or seven. So, it's the Broncos Blitz podcast, of course, presented by Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street. Just hop, skipping and jump away from Coors Field. 70 Colorado beers on tap, 100 Colorado distilled spirits. And, of course, thanks to our friends over there at uh, Pro Football Focus. And I'm sure they'll have some great numbers on Pro Football Focus. ProFootballFocus.com. They spit out all kinds of deep analytics. A lot of great stuff over there for, uh, well, you can get 20 percent off your subscription off the elite and edge memberships and i tell you what you go check it out profootballfocus.com that's profootballfocus.com uh go check it out as uh you get 20 percent off with the promo code pod 20 that's pod 20 use that promo code pod 20 that's pod 20 just like podcast but pod pod 20 will get you 20 percent off the elite or edge subscriptions at profootballfocus.com Want to be sure to remind you to read up on the Broncos at MileHighSports.com. I know it's a low-E season, but, well, there's still some good stuff up there. And I tell you what, thanks for listening so much to this Broncos Blitz podcast. This is a podcast that started, well, as Drake would say, we started from the bottom. And now we're here. We were one of the, the least listened to podcasts when I took over this podcast about a year ago. And now we are number one in the Mile High Sports Podcast District, and that is because of you. So thank you so very much from the bottom of my heart. Seriously, I would not do this if you weren't listening, and you are listening, and I think that's just freaking tremendous. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And then, of course, thank you so much also for your kind words and your uh, follow on Twitter. And, and, and again, Follow and interact because I love getting you guys involved in this podcast. Be sure to check it out. And, uh, of course, you can read up and check out those archives of the Broncos Blitz podcast at MileHighSports.com. That's MileHighSports.com. We'll see you, y'all. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.